Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Final hour, John Dickinson and Evan Giddings just rolling along, flying by here these first three hours as we get on into the afternoon here on a Saturday on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. That's the phone number to participate in the program. Give us a call or shoot us a text here. Uh, We'll hear from Tim Kawakami, who joined Damon and Ratto yesterday about his conversation with Joe Lacob from his own podcast, the TK Show for The Athletic, from earlier in the week. We'll do that coming up in just a second. But, uh, E, let's let's get to some calls. We had a lot of people that wanted to talk, uh, so let's not make them wait. I don't like making the people wait, Evan. No, sir. Uh, Jonathan in San Francisco tips off the fourth hour here on a Saturday. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my phone call. I just want to say, man, I don't get how people will say, KD, oh, he's all about basketball. Man, KD is anything but basketball. You know, he walked away from basketball heaven. I mean, he, he, he got a back-to-back championship, almost a 3 feet, if not for injuries, of a core that gave him whatever he wanted. He wanted to be a man, yeah, be a man. He wanted a spotlight, here's a spotlight. And he walked away from that with the arrogance to think that he could just create that anywhere else. I mean... At that point, you're playing God. You think it's that easy to create this situation? I mean, he's getting exactly what he deserves, and I don't get why people continue to defend him. Oh, you know, KD's just all about basketball. He's not all about basketball. KD's all about about himself, his feelings, what's going on in his brain, which nobody knows, including himself. For me, KD stands for King drama thanks for the call I, I mean i think a lot of people would agree with that look i think he is for the most part all about basketball evan and nothing lights up the phone lines at 95 second game <laughs> like dropping kevin durant's name 
Uh, I'm Kevin Durant. You know, you know who, who I am. am. Uh, but, no, he – look, as far as Durant, it is all about basketball, but I think there's a a perpetual quest for his own happiness that has been elusive. And I think he just he just can't get it right. And I think that's why he keeps searching. I don't know that it's necessarily – I'm trying to think of the right word. It's I don't think it's malicious. That is probably the right way to put it. I think it, like I think his intentions are in a good place. Did he underestimate or not vet Kyrie? Yeah. I think he he deserves some some criticism of that. Does he have a little bit of a, a dismissal toward how difficult it is to build a championship contending team? I think I think probably. You know, maybe he he views himself as a little bit more of a of a team building mogul than he actually is. But I do still think at his core, it's two things for Durant. It's, it is about basketball, but it's also about this life quest that we all go on in, in our own ways as we get older to find what truly makes you happy, whether that's work or relationship or whatever. Yeah, and some people find it later than others. I I know that we got a lot of interesting stuff and a lot of meat on the bone with Lacob, and people want to talk about that. But you know, quickly on Kevin Durant, I I think that he's a guy who to me is just he's a pure hooper. But the issue I think for a lot of people is that the way that we perceive the greats or you know the great champions, the great winners is they're not just about basketball. They also understand where they fit as far as their personalities, how they affect winning off the court. Kevin Durant, I think, affects winning greatly on the court in more of an individual, kind of narrow-laned way, as opposed to being willing to you know, be somewhat of a... like. I don't think anyone identifies him as a, a mentor or someone that you know, is, a, is a go-to locker room type of guy, as great as a... You know, as a great of a guy as he purports himself to be, I just, I personally don't see him that way. I do see him as someone who is focused primarily on basketball. He just expresses his opinions and ways in, in kind of a millennial fashion that is a little bit frowned upon. And I think he gives into too much of what social media is as a cesspool. And it kind of takes away from what he does on the court. So I see him as a hooper, but I also see him as someone who, like you said, is is still looking for what we're all trying to find, which is a sense of purpose and a sense of happiness. He just happens to do it in a profession where everyone is looking at him 24-7. And I always caution Warrior fans that want to gloat on KD and say, hey, he's getting exactly what he deserves right now. Because the one thing I'm, I'm going to continually point out is whether he believed they were smart enough and capable enough to do it or not, he left a pathway. He could have turned the faucet completely off if he doesn't agree to the sign and trade. And and again, I'm not saying he over he deserves a, a lot of credit or even any credit for it necessarily. The Warriors still made the moves, but if he really wanted to be vindictive on his way out the door, he could have ensured that the Warriors had no path to get D'Angelo Russell or Andrew Wiggins or now Jonathan Kaminga, and if and if they they would have been screwed, they would have been hamstrung as to how they would have added quality players to this roster because they still would have been well over the cap and well into the luxury tax. So 
if Durant doesn't do that for him out the door, and again, maybe it was maybe it was another maybe there was some arrogance in that, in that hey, I don't care. Those guys can do whatever they want. D'Lo, they can have D'Lo. They ain't winning anything with D'Lo. Well, they 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 were able to flip it into something that made them championship caliber again. Yeah, and I do think for some people that would retort with, well, he was able to get more money that way. If he truly was the malicious person that a lot of Warrior fans kind of make him out to be, then he would have said, screw the money. I'm just going to try and, you know, hamper and hurt you guys as much as I can on the way out. And he didn't do that. So I do give him some credit there. The only area I would identify him as arrogant is to believe that he could take a Kyrie Irving, a James Harden, and suddenly throw all of those ingredients into a big gumbo pot and turn out an NBA championship because at least in the recent years up until that point, there wasn't a lot of evidence that that was going to work or be a successful equation. And I think he was trying to not necessarily outsmart people or prove to people that he could, you know, be the leader of kind of this band of, of misfit talented toys, but I think he did misidentify the personalities that were involved in that, and that's where he gets into trouble for me. Tim is next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Tim. Hey, how are you doing? Doing well. Um, Coach Coley talked about uh, the notion that the uh, NBA should penalize the Warriors because they draft well and develop well. And that would be like, uh, to me, that would be, Similar to, let's say, like, tech companies. Tech companies have, like, they make great inventions. And let's say you have a league of tech companies. So, like, the tech company keeps inventing, like, great gadgets, and then they get penalized. And then they're forced to, like, take their gadgets and send them, send them up somewhere else. There's no way that the NBA should allow, I mean, should be penalizing the Warriors because they're drafting well, developing well, and um, holding on to their game. That, that, that's just preposterous. I agree with you, 100%. And thanks for the call. Like, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Look, the rules are the rules, and the rules are designed to make it incredibly financially restrictive if you want to keep re-signing players and take on players from the outside because it, this isn't just about the players that the Warriors have, have drafted and developed and, and won championships with. It's, it's also about going and being able to get an Andrew Wiggins. It's about the trade we were just talking about. I mean, you flip Durant into Russell, into Wiggins, and you're able to, to replace that because you're willing to pay the, the exponential tax on it. To me, as long as Joe Lacob's comfortable with it, he should be allowed to do it. I get why maybe the league wouldn't like it, but to me, he doesn't know him anything other than okay, fix you know, change the system then if you want if you want it to be to be along those lines. And I think also it it would affect you know it would help the Warriors, but I think it would also help other smaller market teams too. I mean, there's a reason that Oklahoma City chose to or had to you know break up the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden trio because they didn't deem it you know financially sound to be able to keep those guys they didn't want to pay a certain amount and that that sure that's on them but i would love to see there be a way for a team like oklahoma city to be able to retain those homegrown stars if those stars want to be there i, I don't want it to come down to it being a financial 
choice that they have to make. And the Warriors are in a great spot where they don't have to make as much of those decisions, at least on the top end, as some of these smaller market teams that don't make as much money. I mean, if you look at OKC right now, they had two, you know, two good picks this year. Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, who's a local guy from Santa Clara. Like, if those guys turn into players, along with Shai Gilgis-Alexander, who they gave big money to, along with the amount of top picks that they have coming in, like, I don't think that they should be hurt for drafting well and stockpiling picks because for a lot of smaller market teams, that's kind of the only way you can really build a successful organization, seeing as how you're not a free agent destination. So that, that's where I do agree with the caller that, you know, as, as much as it would help the Warriors at, you know, and, and give them a reward in a sense for drafting well, I think it would also help teams stay together that are built from within and contribute less to the superstar. I'm going to go pick where I want to play and I want to join my guys. Well, I, I think if anything, the, the league is, is at a point now where it, they really are in, in a problematic position because the, the only way to, I think they would like smaller market teams to be able to retain their stars at a, at a higher level. But the only way you can do it is to make it financially, a better option for for those players but what we found is you know guys are are willing to take less or you know Draymond Green was talking about that this week I mean guys are controlling their own destiny now and it doesn't matter what the contract says they're going to get their money and then they're going to tap out and they have the power to do it and I think the only way that changes is if the league collectively bargains more restrictive rules against player empowerment and and my my add-on to that is good luck (laughs) yeah it it, it ain't happening and you know especially in today's day and age so and i think you know guys have been willing to take less to move guys have been willing to sign contracts that that teams probably think all right we've got this guy we're good and then a year later he, he says deuces like it's it it really is a pickle right now, and I think, you know, the financial lures that are just not they're just not working because the money is so big on the grand scale, especially for the for the top end superstars, they can kind of do whatever the hell they want now. Yeah, and they I got see, enough money in the bank. I I see where where it's problematic, and people don't like the fact that a that a Kevin Durant can. A couple of years into his long-term deal, say I I'm done with this. Like I just want to get out of the situation and go to where I feel comfortable. But the flip side is also you do get some situations that are, you know, kind of kind of good for the league. Like you you know a few years back when Kawhi Leonard wanted to force his way out of San Antonio, he goes to a Toronto, a, a competitive team, and is able to elevate them to a championship caliber club. Like that that is also. The flip that was side. a major. That was a major risk, though, by Toronto, essentially trading for a player that didn't want to be there, and and was going to come and play, obviously, but didn't want to be there, and and you knew was in all likelihood leaving, but you went all in. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, you know, yeah, they won the championship, and it's a great story for that that individual year. Not not for Warrior fans, but but it's a great story <laughs> yeah. for that individual year. But how often, like, 
that that ain't the norm in terms of like a lot of times what would happen is a team like Toronto would make that trade, not win it. Kawhi leaves, and then what are you left with at that point? Like, the, yeah, you won the championship, so it was all worth it. But if you don't win the championship, it's it forces a team that would like to be, I think, probably more financially responsible to make a move that they're that they're uncomfortable with just to survive. And and those are the kinds of moves that that the Torontos and the OKCs and the Portlands and the Sacramentos and the Utahs and the Spurs now have to make just to compete with the Lakers and the Warriors and some of these other teams that that can offset some of those mistakes. I, I definitely see that, and and Toronto is you know certainly more of an outlier. But you know I like to me what makes player empowerment. Um, I guess people would argue bad is also what makes the NBA the most unique, and why it's in a way as popular as it is. Why the soapbox of the off season is sometimes more intriguing to fans than the actual regular season, depending on how competitive their team is. It's because there is such a focus on individual brands. I mean, Draymond, you mentioned Draymond. He said on his podcast earlier this week, like he is as much a a business as he is a player. And that's something that I don't know you can really say for any of the other major American sports. And so as much as it is difficult to try and grapple with and for a lot of non-Golden State markets, as much as it does suck to, to think about the fact that your player that you drafted and you grew and you came to love is going to potentially just go out and say, well, I want to go to L.A. or I want to go to Miami or I want to go to Chicago. I want to go to a bigger market and play with my friends and I want to compete and I want to have my cake and eat it too. That's also what I think sort of distinguishes the NBA from the other leagues and why we can't get enough of it. So as much as I would like to see it change and I would like to see teams be able, you know, I would like to see more Damian Lillard's. Like, I would love to see players that stay with their team and maybe, you know, get a chance, get get a crack to get to a Western Conference Finals or get a chance to get to an NBA Finals and fall flat, but still stick with their group and still want to try and win on their terms. As much, I, I want to see more of that, but I also get where, from a marketing perspective, right now, the player empowerment is what draws interest. It, it it draws the great, and it draws also the the ugly, which is kind of what we're seeing with the Kyrie and KD situation. It draws interest, but the 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 vast difference between the buzz that that creates and the buzz that the regular season creates is a big time problem for the league. It like it it really is. For as good as the playoffs usually are, and I think everybody was pretty happy with the finals and the the competitiveness of it, and 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 the the atmosphere of it, and all that with the Warriors and the Celtics. It just it just doesn't happen nearly enough, or nearly as much as it used to in in the regular season. And and if you're going to be playing 82 games, that that is an issue. I mean, it it really is. I think if anything. You know, there's there's a couple of ways this gets fixed, and and I I think eventually maybe it gets to this point where teams just have to say no. Like in in this like the Durant example, you have four years left on your contract. Show up. Like I mean that that you know I'm all for your free agent. Go do what you want. But if you've got four years left on your contract or three years left in your contract, no, we're sorry, we're not dealing you. You're you're one of the top five players in the league, maybe top three. Uh, 
show up. We need you. We want you. And if you don't want to play, then that's fine. Then you can then you can take an L on the money. And if you got enough money in the bank to where you want to give up years of your prime and and shut it down, okay. So be it. And and so I think, you know, that's the kind of thing where there does have to be a little bit of like I'm all for player empowerment, but I, I think when you got guys that are under contract for multiple years that are basically trying to act like free agents, I do think that is a problem. The other issue is when you have the the homegrown players, right? Draftable players. How do you keep them? You want to be able to keep them. I don't. To me, that's more difficult for the league to navigate because the only way you can navigate that is by becoming more restrictive and how long is too long. And, you know, they thought they had these rookie extension things in line with, Hey, you're, you basically are under team control for four years and then it can be another four or even five years on top of that for a team that can offer the most money and, and the like. But, I mean, you look at like Durant in Oklahoma City. Like it, it sucked for the Thunder that Durant left Oklahoma City, and I get it. And and that's you know, getting another Durant for an Oklahoma City is going to be a, a very difficult task, obviously. But he was also there for what eight years. I mean, you know, it's not like he was there for two or three and then said, "Dude, like you know, Damian Lillard." If Damian Lillard now said he wanted out of Portland, even though he's under contract, I mean, Damian Lillard's been there since two thousand twelve, so. I think at what point is enough enough as far as your homegrown players? And I, I do think that, you know, anywhere in that four to six year range is, is probably about right for, you know, giving it your, your all in one spot before trying to maybe move on at around 30 years old to another destination. And that's why I think it was also a good sign to me. And what we'll see if these guys end up playing out their contracts, but you saw extensions signed by Zion to stay in New Orleans. You saw extension from Booker to stay in Phoenix. You saw an extension, you know, from a lot of players to be able to, well, at least for now, stay in those smaller, you know, less attractive markets. So I mean, Zion who didn't play took, who didn't play, who didn't play a second last year, took a potentially $230 million deal. Well, but also John Morant opted in. I know he has more cause to do that because he's on a competitive team and taking the bag is is automatically the move you make. Well, yeah, Morant is good for sure. Morant is a great example. Like that that's that's good for the league and so, you know, as for every I guess, you know, Kevin Durant who wants out in the first year of his extension, there's also examples of guys who I think are willing to buy in to try and make things work. Jokic is another example. He signed yeah. a massive deal with Denver. They they drafted you know, they drafted him and all right, second round, two time MVP and all of that. So uh eight at eight, nine five seven, ninety five seventy. We got some phone calls to get to. We still want to play the, the, the Kawakami sound and the Joe Lacob sound. We'll cram all that in to the final half hour here. John Dickinson, Evan Giddings, ninety five seven the game. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now back to 95.7 The Game. That's Dante DiVincenzo as he was meeting with the media, a little bit of a gaggle in Vegas at the Summer League. The Warriors making players available uh, there, uh, and DiVincenzo obviously signing his contract within within the last couple of days. I think it was Thursday that he officially signed his deal to, to join, the, join the Warriors. So yeah, he uh, had mentioned, I know, to Anthony Slater and the reporters on the scene there in Vegas that, that he had talked to Steph and Draymond Green, and they kind of helped seal the deal as far as a good fit for somebody that that does have at the at the college and NBA level. I know he was he was injured at the end of the the Bucks championship season, but but he's he's been a winning player uh, throughout throughout his life. Evan, that's the way I've always looked at him, and I was a big fan of his when he was at Villanova, and he has a history of you know not only being a winning player but being coachable and especially playing under well well known and, and renowned coaches that have a history of development, whether it be, you know, Budenholzer in, in Milwaukee and of course Jay Wright at Villanova. So he was a player that I was a little curious as to why Milwaukee got rid of him. You know, I, I thought originally it was just because they felt that Pat Connaughton was maybe a more able, you know, shooter and kind of gave them whatever they were looking for from DiVincenzo. But from what I was going through and, and looking at some of his numbers, I'm really excited about him joining the Warriors because I think he's a good culture fit, and I think he also can be, you know, somewhat of a not not a defensive player like GP two, but he is a much better defender than I think a lot of people give him credit for. They sort of look at the shooting splits, and it wasn't great, especially last year in Sacramento. But he, I don't think, is going to be asked to come off the bench and 
hit big buckets. Like he can be a six foot four switchable one, two. And I think he fits in nicely for a guy that you're not going to ask to play probably more than 15 minutes a night. Yeah, I think he found himself in a position where he wanted to take a little bit less money than maybe he felt he deserved. Or or I think probably a better way of putting it is I would guess he would think, hey, if I'm healthy enough, I'm not in this position because I would have played better the last couple of years. I'd be making more money. But if you're going to take less, you might as well take less and be on the biggest stage. And I think that that works for him, you know, be a part of a, a championship caliber team with the Warriors and be good enough to where you can opt out of that second year of the deal, which is a, a player option. I think I think both he and the Warriors would would welcome that, to be perfectly honest, him being that good to where uh, he, he does opt out of the contract. Yeah, I, combo guard, good defender. I think some of the you know, shot selection at times has been a little little weird with him, but he's somebody that you can play with Steph, with Clay, with Poole, with Moody. Like he just he doesn't conflict with anybody else really on the on the Warriors roster in terms of of playing time and adds another ball handler, I think, and, and creator to the mix as well that, that does have a, a high IQ. Just got to stay away from the the pull-up threes <laughs> or the off-the-dribble threes. Much better when he's catch-and-shoot than, than off-the-dribble, but has shown a willingness to take the ones off-the-dribble a lot. And he's he's shown he's willing to be, to be coached up, and so I, I think he knows what Golden State has done with you know the likes of Porter Jr., obviously, GP2, and I think it's a good contract, not only for the Warriors, and you get a versatile player who you're not expecting a ton out of, but if he gives you what he's capable of, then that's a great boost to your bench. But also for him, the Warriors have proven in the last you know, five, six years, like they get people paid. And so he is a guy that can come in and has the second-year option, and if he wants to stick around, I think that'd be great. But if they go out and make you know a deep playoff run, as we all expect them to, he sets himself up nicely as still a young guy in his career to be able to go out and then get the bag from another team and maybe advance and you know continue to make more money, continue to get into better situations. And if he's you know if the injuries kind of follow him as the Warriors, you know you, you also have backup options. It's not like one is dependent on the other, so I think that's why it's a great fit. Well, and it's just more flexibility as long as he can he can stay healthy, which has been an issue for for him from from time to time. But he gives you another option on those nights where, hey, if Clay Thompson isn't going to play any back to backs, and Jordan Poole slides into the starting lineup with Steph Curry, now all of a sudden your backup point guard is is Dante Divincenzo. If if Jordan Poole slides into the starting lineup because Steph Curry needs to miss two weeks. And he plays alongside Clay Thompson. Now, all of a sudden, you got you got Dante Divincenzo, who's a a young veteran that that can that can come come in and and help you help you run a team. And so it really and, and again doesn't conflict with what Moses Moody has got going on. He he fits with the developmental nights where the Warriors are just going to rest everybody, and and maybe on those nights. It's 
you know, he's backing up Moody and he's backing up Poole. If if those two are in the start of the hour, maybe he's getting a start even with, with Jordan Poole. There's a lot of different ways you can do it in terms of, of flexibility. So having another quality NBA player that is versatile, versatile in a different way than GP2 was, I, I do think is is a, is a big, big deal. Let, let's clean up a couple of calls here at 888-957-9570. Mark in the city. What's going on, Mark? You're on 957. Hey, gentlemen, how are you doing this afternoon? Oh, wow. Fantastic. Great. Listen, i got a couple of subjects I want to get your take on. One is nobody cared about the Warriors' payroll before the season, just when they won a championship, so they could go pound salt. The other one is the Memphis Grizz- Grizzlies could probably give a good package to Brooklyn if they wanted to. They're, they're loaded with talent. And also, how do you think he would fit Durant in Philadelphia if they had enough to package a deal? And I'll, I'll take your, uh, your answers off the air. Thank you. Yeah, well, I don't know that he's going back and playing with James Harden again. So you can, I mean, I, I think Kevin Durant, for the most part, could fit anywhere and and everywhere. I mean, I think he could fit with Embiid, uh, but I mean, I don't think the Sixers are going to give up half their roster, not name Embiid or Harden, to to bring Durant back into the mix. No, I don't think so either. Although it was interesting that James Harden. Did kind of a James, an un James Harden move in in re-signing after opting out of his forty five plus, and he took it was like a fifteen million dollar per year pay cut over two seasons. I don't yeah, know I was that, that was for Durant, but you know it could be for another piece. Yeah, and yeah, to just give them a little bit more uh, more flexibility there, uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, let's say Marvin. Let's go, Marvin in San Francisco. What's going on, Marvin? How you doing, guys? I just oh, want well. you to. Uh, uh, I've noticed that there's very little talk about until just recently. But what this rule that they have that you have to match the salary leaving. Think about this: if a star could just leave and go anywhere, <clears throat> the other team didn't have to give anything up. Then the team that the star left would literally get nothing in return. So if if Durant goes to any team, they have to return or cut $57 million a player. Memphis had a very low payroll because they drafted everybody. So when I looked it up on a website that has all the salaries posted, if Durant went to Memphis, they had to give up everybody. Literally, they're starting five because they had all these favorable contracts around $10 million with all of those guys we saw play the Warriors on TV. Now, John Morant just got a huge, um, uh, what do you call it, extension. <clears throat> but if he, w- you'd have to trade him for Kevin Durant because that's how high Durant's salary is. So these players that are getting these max deals don't realize that they're basically cutting off a lot of their options if they want to play basketball. Because wherever Durant goes, and he can't go to Phoenix, he can't go to Minnesota, he can't go to the, the Warriors. Warriors have to give up, what, three years of great drafts and a 10-year future to get Kevin Durant at 34, who's only played 90 games in the last three years. It's it's amazing. But that rule is is really the source of all of the problems they have today and i really appreciate it because i don't think it's right for a salary and their season ticket holders to just watch all their good players go away to some other opportunity and if the nba gets rid of that all these guys will coagulate in one place next year uh, Kyrie's option is up and uh, lebron's contract is up and uh, they could both go anywhere that they wanted, and the team isn't really going to get anything. So I like the way this has worked out. I think the rule has proven its value to the NBA and its its true fans. 
Thanks for the call. A, a lot to chew on there, and it, it, it's not an exact match. It's it's a. I think it was it's within ten percent. Yeah. So it's yeah. still, you know, it, it's still a, a lot and a good portion. But but what it does end up doing is it it a lot of times it you wind up. The intent is you're going to trade a star for a star. Like the intent would be, Kevin Durant gets traded for Devin Booker, right? Like the, that would be the intent. I think the league would like those kinds of those kinds of of trades. And I'm trying to think of you know going back through through the history of the league, you know, trades that that kind of played out that way. And there aren't a lot, but but I mean, just like star for star kind of. Kind Maybe of like trade, Allen Iverson or Chauncey Billups type. I mean, I don't know. That's yeah, kind of, but I, there are big. there are examples that aren't that aren't coming to me right now that 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 probably should be, but I think that's that was the initial point of it. I think what it often became was you would have a star going somewhere, and, and a team would would be giving up a bad contract basically and getting a star because the star wanted to come there uh, in, in essence and. You know, you're giving up a bad contract, and then and then other players, and so the team that's losing the star is also a lot of the times taking on a bad contract. In addition to yes, some some good young players, but but you're also maybe a little bit hamstrung too because you're losing a star and taking back somebody that's making star money that isn't a star. Yeah, the 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 more money that the stars continue to make does. You know, not allow them like Kevin Durant can't be traded to all thirty teams as as much as every team would want him, as much as he would make every team in the league better than they currently are. He he just financially is not going to be able to get himself, and the Nets are not going to be able to get him to whatever team you know he he chooses. Like he, it it would take a lot of finagling based on how much money he makes, and and that's only going to increase, right? I mean, with the more the, the expansion of the salary cap, the more money that people make the more max contracts that we see teams hand out will make it more difficult to trade. But I don't necessarily see that as an indictment on the player itself. I mean, you're trying to get as much money as possible. You're trying to maximize your prime. And for as much money as these owners make, uh, Joe Lacob included, you know, I, I totally don't fault any of these guys for not, I guess, thinking about how to build a team while also joining it. Like, at the end of the day, you got to look out for number one. And so that's why... I don't know Ben Simmons is asking asks and gets the 35 million that he has. I mean that's that's maybe why Andrew Wiggins after this contract is up after next season why he might be on the way out because if you're making 35 million dollars a year, sure you may be able to to take a pay cut down to 30, but if there's an opportunity for you to go get 40 or 45 you're not yeah. just sacrificing five million dollars off what you're making the year prior. You're sacrificing fifteen million dollars or ten million dollars per year potential future earnings, and I can't fault a guy for doing that. No, and I, I also think. I mean, I, I also don't think anybody's going to be looking to be given Andrew Wiggins a raise. I, I really <laughs> don't. Like, I, I, it, to me, that's almost like the Kevon Looney thing where hey he did it with the warriors because of the warriors system that doesn't mean he would do it with us right like i just don't i just don't see anybody that thinks andrew wiggins is cha no andrew wiggins is is at times the fourth at times the second best player but in reality the fourth most important player maybe even the fifth 
on that roster, and that allows him to play like the second most important player from time to time. If we actually bring him over and pay him $40 million to be our second most important player, it's just not going to work. So I, I actually think the market, and, and I've said this, I'm a little surprised, and we'll, we'll just go ahead and play the cut uh, here in just a second, but I, I'm a little surprised that Lacob is kind of putting Jordan Poole in the same category as Wiggins as far as both extensions go and in letting it play out, I would not be extending Andrew Wiggins now because I think the market for Andrew Wiggins would be such that it would benefit the Warriors where you may get him at a lesser rate than you would if you just extend him as if he's somebody that's that's worthy of a raise. Like it, it would not surprise me. Like I don't think Andrew Wiggins is getting a raise. Like I really don't. Like I think Andrew Wiggins is he's probably not going to take that much of a cut. It might be right around the same. But I don't I don't look at Andrew Wiggins as somebody that's like, oh yeah, you're making thirty three. Now you're going to be making thirty seven. Like no, you're making thirty three. Now you might be making twenty eight or you know something like that for the next couple of years. But, you know, in essence, you've been overpaid the last few years, so now you're going to be a little bit underpaid, and maybe it levels off at you're appropriately paid for the, for the longer-term duration of, of your career. Uh, let's hear uh, the cut. Uh, we'll, we'll skip the, the Kawakami cut. Uh, let's also, though, hear about the Wiggins and Poole extensions. I want just Joe Lake up on the TK show from earlier in the week. Tim Kalkami, the athletic. Here's what Lakeb had to say about the Wiggins and Pool extensions specifically. It's going to be difficult. I'm not going to sit here and lie to the fan base. It's going to be really difficult to figure out what we'll do next summer. This year, we're good. We're going to run it. I would call this is running it back. Some people may think that because Peyton and a couple of people are not back, there's always going to be some change. Yesterday is yesterday, and the future is the future, or today is the today and future is future. So, we think we're going to have a great team this year, but you know, next summer we're going to be faced with more issues uh, with respect to the the, uh, the cap and luxury tax and all that. And we'll just have to see how this goes. I mean, it's sort of a year to year thing. Let's see how everybody plays. Let's see if we are contending again, which we think we will. Let's see if we're going to win again. You know, that certainly extends what we're able to do. If we don't, you have to sort of re- rethink things a little bit. Interesting there. I mean, running it back, which I I do get where he's coming from as far as as far as that goes, e. But I mean, it it sounds like yeah, you know, the longer you kick the can down the road, sometimes a decision is made for you, and I think there's a a sense of hey, let's just hold off and let everything play out and not be a, in a rush to lock ourselves into anything. Because they know they can they can still give Wiggins a, a lot of money if they choose to, and they know they can still give Poole more than anybody if they choose to a year from now. But you know what? Maybe you win it again, and you find that that Kaminga is ready to take a starting spot, or Moody's ready to take a starting spot. Like you just you let it play out, giving yourselves multiple options at at. at the point in which you actually have to finally make the decision. Sometimes it's made for you. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I think Joe Lacob is setting himself up as someone who has been very expressive about how much he believes in, in the next wave or the, you know, the next young core of the Warriors to be able to put that decision off for, you know, a season or half a season. Like he doesn't have to make that decision now 
I, I am interested, though, especially with Wiggins. I think that's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on because I see where you're where you're coming from as far as the Caban Looney effect. And it does make sense to me that other teams wouldn't necessarily value Andrew Wiggins, you know, the way that he currently is being paid. I, I could see I could see why. But I also if the Warriors if if they run it back the way they want to and they win a championship and Wiggins plays the way that we saw him play this postseason, I just I find it difficult to believe that someone, whether it be intelligently or not, is going to want to pay to bring him in as at least a selling point to their franchise. Uh, you know, it, he can they can use him almost in multiple ways, not only for what he does on the court, but for what he represents as part of being a part of the Warriors machine. And, you know, maybe Wiggins is is after this next year considered more valuable than to the Warriors than maybe an aging Clay Thompson or an aging Draymond. And so I think you still got to pay those guys, though, that that you do. But I but you also, I think, are able to. Um, you identify maybe at the end of this year how much longer you you want to pay those guys after their current contracts and figure out what you're going to pay them because both have expressed interest in staying here ideally for the rest of their careers. We don't know how long Draymond's going to be here, but Clay has said he only wants to play for Steve Kerr. I, I don't imagine Steve Kerr's going to go be a head coach anywhere else anytime soon, so that keeps him in Golden State for as long as the Warriors want to continue to to pay him. And with Wiggins and Poole, I just don't know if if Lakeup is willing is going to be willing to dig deep enough into his pockets to keep both of them around. In addition, like that's damn near five well, max contracts. And, and maybe it maybe at that point it becomes the you know Jordan Poole's so good that that he really wants to go start and they win another championship. And because I do think you know like. If Jordan Poole gets better and really wants to start and they do win another championship, like at that point, that makes it more likely to be comfortable for both sides to part ways than it would be to have to run it back to win another championship, if, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I think at that point, it's like, no, go, go get yours and thank you for everything that you've brought and, and we'll try and figure it out. The Comcast business text line. We'll get we'll get Robin and 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 Leroy in here before we call it a day. Quick one, uh, JD. I usually agree with you, but Wiggins definitely getting a raise. He's going to make huge money, especially since the cap is going to go up huge in four years. Andrew Wiggins is going to make thirty three point six million dollars next year. I just don't think twenty three and beyond. It's going to be. 36 38 and a half 41 like I just don't I, I I just I could be wrong I don't think he's getting a raise may not be that much of a pay cut but I don't think he's I don't think he's getting a raise even as even as somebody that's going to be an unrestricted free agent at 28 Let, let's get Robin Robin uh only here on the phones uh last call of the afternoon hey Robin hey you guys I'll make it real quick so JD I really like uh the, the old school, you know, you finish your contract out before you can get traded, and then, you know, player, you had to give something back. It was a lot more simple. Um, I think in that regard, I feel like KD's pulling a, uh, a AD, uh, so to speak. Also, I like the hypothetical if uh, you trade, uh, if you got rid of K, uh, 
Devin Booker for KD. I actually think KD would get him over the hump. I like to point out that I don't kind of agree that I, I love Kevin Durant's game, uh, JD. I, I I hear what you're saying. I do think you know he's a baller, but in terms of him fitting at everywhere, I don't know. I don't know about KD fitting in everywhere. I mean, because of his style of play, because of his mentality, uh, I, I just don't know. Have, do you think there is really? People are, that he's really tradable right now. The people really going to give up all they have to for how old is he? A 33 year old star. And then the last thing I want to say is this. I glad what Lakeham said because he is saying, Hey, enough is enough. And even rich folks get tired of digging into their pocket and, and driving out more. So warrior fans stop spending. Joe Lacob's money and the notion that he would do anything and spend anything because check it out. People love to see money going out, but they love to see much more coming in. Peace out guys. <laughs> Thanks Robin. That's Always the, the, per- the perfect perspective uh, from, from Robin in, in San Francisco. Evan, that that's going to do it for us. Robin gets the last word. I, there's not much more you can say after that. A great word. It's it's been a lot of fun with you, JD. And you know, personally for me, it's a kind of a double dipper today because after this, I'm a head down to San Jose to call the Bay Area Panthers game at six o'clock. And it's been a lot of fun to be able to chop it up with you here on the radio, talk some sports, and then head down and call some football. It's a packed day. Yeah. So keep it locked here on ninety five seven. The game for that. Devone and Shamari coming up next. Thanks to Brian. Uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you here on ninety five seven. The game. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 